0: So most likely you have heard something about chat GPT and AI on the rise. Government officials, they've actually asked people to halt any new development. Even Elon Musk has said, hey, we need to put the brakes on this. So what do you do in a world that is now advancing at a breakneck pace? It's very simple. You improve. What do you do in a world where Excellence seems to be increasing. Mediocrity seems to be completely becoming obsolete, where if you truly want to stand out and be remarkable, you have to be exceptional. What do you do? You improve. If you have listened to the Jason Wright show for any time, you know my motto is to improve always in all ways. And it's not about overnight drastic change. It's about 1% daily improvement for a 37X improvement year over year. That is needed more than ever. We must improve. So to that end, I have created massively transformative habits from the Vitruvian Lab. If you haven't downloaded it yet, you can do so for free. Go and download in the Apple Store or Google Play the Vitruvian Lab for free and check out Massively Transformative Habits. This is where I give you not only the habits that we all must start to adopt to be healthier, better thinkers, but also I give you the behavioral science to help you understand how to systematically adopt these habits. The only way any of us are going to survive against the machines and against mediocrity is to improve always in all ways. And I have taken the time. I have put hours and hours of research and methodologies into MTH, massively transformative habits. So if you want to improve, if you want to compete in the 21st century, if you don't want to get left behind by the machines and you want to also stay calm, stay focused with all of the noise surrounding us right now, you and I must improve. MTH is geared towards human optimization and overall improvement to make each and every one of us better, in this crazy fast-paced ever-changing world so check it out now go to jasonrightnow.com courses and you can have a look there or first and foremost go to the apple store download the app or go to google play download the app have a look around contact me for any questions but get started on mth massively transformative habits now enjoy the show <laughs> So there's a story that most of you have probably heard. There's these two guys. Let's call them John and Jeff, and they're out hiking in the woods. And all of a sudden, they look over about 100 yards away, and they see a grizzly bear. Immediately, they decide to run. However, John stops for a moment. He takes off his backpack, and he pulls out his running shoes. Jeff looks at him and says, are you crazy? Get up and run. Why are you stopping? He said, there's a bear coming right now. Look, it's coming after us. John looks at Jeff and says, I don't have to outrun that bear. I only have to outrun you. So therefore, I'm going to put on my running shoes. Howdy, it's Jason, and this is Vitruvian Notes. Chat, GPT, artificial intelligence, Jasper. There's so many things being discussed right now in the AI space that even the most novice, non-technical among us know something is up. And if you are just hearing this for the first time, if this is the first time you've heard anybody spend any time discussing artificial intelligence, then please, by all means, listen up. This isn't some fad. This isn't some flash in the plan, excuse me, flash in the pan technology that's going to come and go. This is real. Will AI replace jobs? Absolutely. Will AI completely blow some people's worlds up? Absolutely. Will AI completely change the way industries function, the way we learn, the way we teach, the way we consume information? Absolutely. Will AI make our lives much, much better? Absolutely. It's going to be just like Charles Dickens said for a while. It's going to be the best of times, and it's going to be some of the worst of times. But here's what we have to do. We have to stop, put our shoes on, and be ready to not just outrun the AI, but outrun those who decide to be left behind. So here's what kind of put this on my radar recently. Well, I take it back. I started really looking into AI about, I'd say, six months ago, wanting to understand what was happening when chat gpt started getting talked about a lot i started to figure out okay how could i use it how could how could ai change the way i create different things and different uh, functions on things i work on and so that got me down a rabbit hole and here recently i had one of the best descriptions told to me by seth godin now, if you don't know who seth godin is seth godin is a marketing guru he is a, a Best-selling author, and any of you out there in the marketing world, in the entrepreneur space, you probably have at least heard of Seth Godin. He is, for all intents and purposes, a genius. And he decided to describe exactly what AI is. And Seth essentially gave an AI 101 on his Akimbo podcast. And I listened up because Seth is an incredible storyteller. He can take very complex issues and bring them down down to where even guys like I can understand them. Guys like I, see what I mean? Guys like me, I think that's the better way to say that, can actually understand it so. But here's the thing that Seth did, which is so Seth Godin. He gives the description of it. But in the middle of a podcast gives an illustration of it that made my mind go, I mean, just like, whoa, that's crazy. So here's what I want to do. I want to play a little clip. Now, those of you who subscribe to the Vitruvian Letter, you may have actually already heeded to my advice, which was go listen to this podcast. You need to understand AI. Take the time to pull your running shoes out of your backpack, put them on, and be ready to run fast. Not run away, but run and be ahead of those who are sitting back, getting eaten by the AI bear. But if you didn't do that and you're listening now, here's a second chance. I'm going to I'm going to hijack a little bit of Seth Godin's podcast. So Akimbo, Seth Godin, everybody, all full credit to Seth Godin. Whatever the disclaimers are, Texas Titan Media says this is Seth Godin. This is me playing a clip. Seth Godin's exceptional description of AI for my audience. I'm not taking credit for it, but I want you guys to hear what Seth had to say about this, but you have to listen. Do not fast forward at all. You must listen all the way till the end. I'm not going to play the entire podcast that Seth did. I'm going to start about midway through, but the most important part of it is the very end, so stick with it. All right, so here we go. I want you to listen to Seth Godin's description of Artificial intelligence.
1: ChatGPT is an advanced language model that uses cutting edge technology to process natural language. It's designed to provide users with a wide range of information, insights, and perspectives on various topics, making it an excellent tool for research and learning. One of the significant advantages of ChatGPT is its ability to learn and adapt to a user's communication style. This makes it a valuable resource for individuals who want to improve their communication skills or engage in meaningful conversations. ChatGPT has access to to a vast repository of knowledge, making it a useful tool for businesses and organizations that need to process and analyze large amounts of text data quickly. Additionally, ChatGPT can help people with language disabilities, allowing them to communicate more effectively. Overall, ChatGPT is an impressive language model that has the potential to revolutionize the way we interact with language and communicate with one another. List seven reasons why ChatGPT might undermine our culture. As an AI language model, ChatGPT is a neutral tool, and its impact on our culture can be both positive and negative depending on how it is used. However, here are seven reasons why ChatGPT might undermine our culture. Dependence. As ChatGPT becomes more widely used, people may become increasingly dependent on it for communication and decision-making, leading to a reduction in critical thinking and problem-solving skills. Misinformation. ChatGPT may be susceptible to misinformation, leading to the spread of false or misleading information that can undermine trust in institutions and erode democratic values. Bias. ChatGPT may perpetuate biases and stereotypes that are present in the data it is trained on, leading to unfair or discriminatory outcomes. Dehumanization. The use of ChatGPT may lead to the dehumanization of communication, leading to a reduction in empathy and social skills. Isolation. ChatGPT may contribute to social isolation as people become more reliant on technology for communication and socialization. Cultural homogenization. Chat GPT may promote a homogenization of culture as people around the world adopt similar language patterns and communication styles. Job displacement. The widespread adoption of ChatGPT may lead to job displacement, particularly in fields that rely heavily on language skills, such as customer service, and translation. List four surprising facts about how people are using ChatGPT. As an AI language model, I do not have access to user data or personal information. But here are four surprising facts about how people could potentially use ChatGPT emotional support. Some people may use ChatGPT as a form of emotional support, confiding in it or seeking advice from it. In a way that resembles a conversation with a therapist. Creative writing. Some writers may use ChatGPT to generate ideas or to overcome writer's block using the model's ability to generate text to kickstart their creative process. Language learning. Some language learners may use ChatGPT to practice conversational skills, historical research. Historians and researchers may use ChatGPT to analyze historical texts and language patterns, allowing them to gain new insights into the past and how language has evolved over time. Seth Godin argues that the rise of AI and robots means an end to mediocre work, that if all a person is going to do is something average, we might as well have a computer do it. Do you agree? As an AI language model, I don't have personal opinions, but I can provide you with an analysis of Seth Godin's argument and its validity. Seth Godin's argument that the rise of AI and robots will bring an end to mediocre work is rooted in the belief that automation will replace tasks that can be performed by machines with higher efficiency and accuracy than humans. In many cases, this perspective holds true. AI and robotic technologies have already demonstrated their capacity to outperform humans in various tasks, such as repetitive labor, data analysis, and even some creative endeavors. In this context, it's reasonable to argue that if a job can be done by a machine with greater proficiency, it makes sense to allocate that task to a computer or robot. This shift can lead to increased productivity, cost savings, and potentially higher quality work. However, there are caveats to this argument. Firstly, it's important to acknowledge that not all tasks can be effectively automated, particularly those that require empathy, human intuition, and nuanced understanding. While AI is progressing rapidly, it is still far from replicating the full range of human emotions, cultural sensitivities, and creativity. Secondly, the potential impact on the job market and social structures cannot be ignored. As automation replaces certain jobs, it's crucial to ensure that individuals are provided with opportunities to develop new skills and adapt to the changing landscape. This transition may necessitate a reevaluation of education systems, job training programs, and social safety nets to accommodate the evolving workforce. In summary, while Seth Godin's argument has merit in that AI and robots can indeed replace many mediocre tasks, it's essential to consider the broader implications of this technological shift. Balancing the benefits of automation with the need for human empathy, intuition, and creativity will be crucial to ensure a prosperous and equitable future. If we hear a recording or see a video of someone doing something, aren't we going to be unable to tell if it was really them saying it? Doesn't it make news or reputation a tenuous idea? Apologies for the confusion. You are right to raise concerns about the implications of AI-generated content, such as deepfakes on the authenticity of audio recordings and videos, as well as their potential impact on news and reputations. With the rapid advancement of AI technology, it is indeed becoming more challenging to differentiate between real and fabricated content. The proliferation of deepfakes and manipulated media can have serious consequences, including misinformation, manipulation of public opinion, and reputational damage to individuals. To address these concerns, various approaches can be employed. Deepfake detection technology Researchers are actively developing deepfake detection tools that use AI and machine learning to analyze audio and video content for signs of manipulation. These tools can examine inconsistencies in the content, such as unnatural facial movements, lighting inconsistencies, or audio discrepancies. While deepfake technology continues to improve, so do the detection methods, creating a constant race between the two. Digital Content Provenance and Watermarking One approach to ensuring the authenticity of digital content is to establish a chain of custody through digital watermarking or content provenance solutions. By embedding secure and verifiable metadata within the content, it is possible to track the origin, ownership, and history of the media, making it more difficult for malicious actors to create and distribute fake content without detection. Media literacy and public awareness. Educating the public about the existence of deepfakes and the potential risks associated with manipulated media is essential. Encouraging critical thinking, verifying sources, and cross-referencing information can help individuals make more informed decisions about the content they consume. Fact-checking organizations and independent verification. Fact-checking organizations and independent third parties can play a crucial role in verifying the authenticity of audio, video, and news content. By employing experts and using advanced tools, these organizations can help expose and debunk deepfakes, as well as promote accurate information. Legal and regulatory measures. Governments and regulatory bodies can establish legal frameworks to tackle the issue of deepfakes and manipulated media. This may include laws against creating and distributing deepfakes with malicious intent, as well as penalties for those who engage in such activities. In conclusion, the rise of deepfakes and AI-generated content does pose a significant challenge to the authenticity of audio and video recordings, as well as the credibility of news and individual reputations. However, by employing a combination of technological solutions, public awareness, legal measures, and independent verification, we can mitigate the risks and strive to maintain trust in digital content. So, first things first, not only was this entire podcast written by ChatGPT, it wasn't even read by me. No, this is an AI of my voice, modeled by 11labs.i. Oh, the only part that was me was the opening line.
0: Wow. So if that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. And for those of you who are kind of listening in and out, if you're passively listening, here's what just happened. That entire Akimbo podcast by Seth Godin was not Seth Godin. It was his voice used by 11labs.io. I think it's what the, what the name of the company was that he, he mentioned, as well as asking questions to chat GPT. Here's why this is important, and here's what we do to not get freaked out and prepare for it. So let's talk about the deepfake, which he started to talk about there at the end. I got completely duped by deepfake, and not in a, any nefarious way, but there is a guy, Miles Fisher, spelled with a C that is on Instagram, who has a Tom Cruise deepfake. Okay. So he was doing this. He was working with an AI company back before anybody knew what ChatGPT was or anything like this. And he would do these funny videos that it looked exactly like Tom Cruise because he already kind of looks like Tom Cruise. So he would use this AI program to make his face completely look like Tom Cruise and simulate Tom Cruise's voice. And so there's all these hilarious videos that you think or Tom Cruise. I went and showed Gemelin one time. I was like, look at these videos Tom Cruise is making because I thought it was awesome. I thought, wow, is this Tom Cruise making fun of some of the most eccentric uh, personality traits that Tom Cruise has, which there are plenty of, right? So I thought this is incredible. Then I found out it was an AI generated deep fake. All right, here's how we have to be on our card. Imagine your grandmother. Okay. She's not going to know what the heck ChatGPT GPT is. She's probably not using it. She's probably has no reason to because she doesn't do a blog, she doesn't do any of the things that voice command and voice programming would be required for. So imagine that someone standing near you, now look, we go to places, or we go to the gas station, or we go to Starbucks, and we have to guard the magnetic strip on our credit cards. Well, what if someone can have some sort of recording device that can take our voices and then pop it into a, an AI simulator, create our voice, find out who our loved ones are, and start calling our more senior family members and requesting money? I mean, look, if it already works, this has happened where people have called and impersonated a grandchild to a grandparent and asked for money to get out of jail, to get their car unimpounded, whatever the case may be. The grandmother wants to help their grandchild, doesn't realize it's not them. It just sounds enough like them. They wire the money to some fraudulent source. So imagine now if you can actually mimic just like Seth Godin did through this entire podcast, a family member's voice. Imagine what that's going to mean for fraud. So you got to be alert. But here's the bigger point that I want to mention to you. Here's how you take out your shoes and you put them on and outrun the bear. First of all, you just start researching. You start understanding what AI is. Don't be in denial. Don't look away. It's coming. We're going to have to deal with it. And here's the way I'm dealing with it. So here's what just happened in the podcast that I'm doing today. So Seth Godin, he was able to create an entire podcast using AI, I took Seth Godin's AI-generated podcast and created an episode, a real live episode, this is really me, this is not AI, episode of the Jason Wright Show. So I wanted to do this to show you that there can be a combination of human interaction and AI. I don't think that at this point, now maybe this will happen, I could have said, hey, go out, chat GPT, and get... Seth Godin's episode of Akimbo where he discusses dancing with AI, and then I'm going to do a mix of the podcast to show my listeners how AI works and get the expertise and knowledge of of Seth Godin. I don't know how I would have done that, how I would have voiced that. There probably is a way and there probably will be a way, but here's the point. We're still going to need human interaction to be creative. That's the one thing that that, that AI probably will never be able to fully grasp of the of humans which is our prefrontal cortex which is the thing that makes us human this is what separates us from all the other animals is our ability to be creative our ability for empathy and sympathy and all and seth talks a lot about that that that's how you know, chat gpt and all these other ai programs they stand the risk of dehumanizing now you think on some terms this could be great because those of us who are really into meritocracy well there is this play this this point where it might just look at people as or, or things or objects as kind of, you know, unbiased in any way. Okay, on the surface, that can sound good. But then in other ways, it can be very cold and very, and very harsh. We do there is a human element to our lives, right? I hope I'm stating the obvious in this. But what, the, what I wanted you to find out, one, is I want you to just understand kind of an AI 101. What is it? And no one can describe it better than Seth Godin. Two, I wanted you to see it in action. Whenever I listened to this podcast of Seth's and I realized that he did the entire episode essentially using AI through chat GPT, I was like, Oh my gosh, because here's what we have to understand. And by the way, you've seen it most likely if you're on Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. When you see the AI, or when you see an image of Joe Biden, that's, that's the only one I've seen, I think maybe one of Trump, giving some speech where they say something that you're like, did he really say that? Oh my God, no way, he didn't really say that. No, he probably didn't. But you can literally take facial recognition voice recognition, and you can actually generate a real image, a video image of a person saying something that you don't, that, that, that you, whatever you want them to say. I mean, it could replace actors. You could literally, at some point I can see a, a, an instance where like, instead of Pixar, you know, right? So we've got Pixar that, that Disney owns, and they make these like Avatar and, um, you know, think Toy Story. Think of all these digitally um, created pieces of content. Imagine where you can now take images of Julia Roberts, George Clooney, Tom Cruise, uh, Matt Damon, and you can literally just take their images and create an entire movie where maybe, I mean, we may live in a world one day where, and I, I could totally see this happening where celebrities just license their like image? Or do we even need them anymore? Can AI go out and describe, we can figure out here's what Matt Damon would look like if he were the perfect Matt Damon, the most desirable Matt Damon, and then here is the Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts that is the most desirable looking and we just create whole cloth new people with new thoughts with new actions all generated by AI. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. Here's another thing. What if you want to write a song? You can actually write a song. If you wanted to if you wanted to ta- right I think like Jasper could probably do this on a pretty basic level, but ChatGPT, if you were to say I want to write a love song in the voice or, uh, I guess, style of Lionel Richie. And I wanted it to be, I wanted to sing it in the tone of Whitney Houston. You could put all these parameters in and the AI could generate that based on all that's in, and think about it, there's an entire catalog of work, right? Of, of both lyrics and, and, and chat GPT can go out and figure out which words and structures have led to the biggest hits, which melodies it can go figure it all out. Okay, now there's nothing artistic about that. It's taking all the art that has already been created and then creating something new. And that's kind of the point. There's always going to be a need for new art and new creativity. We just have to be far, just far enough ahead of it. We have to be just far enough ahead of the bear to not fall into a mediocre space, which Seth Godin has been talking a lot about, which is essentially right now, mediocre, mediocrity will be done away with. That's his contention. There's two sides to look at this. Either one, all the things that require mediocre, like just basic you know, tasks that could have been automated before are now going to go ahead and fully be automated. To be a human being, this is my contention. To be a human being that survives and gets compensated in the era of AI is going to be someone who understands how to mesh with the machines. It's going to be someone who's able to take their creativity and their abilities and figure out how AI can enhance those creative abilities. If you're going to be someone that's just going to sit back and watch and hope that AI doesn't come along and take your job, then, you know, God bless you. But I, right now, if you want my advice, which hopefully some of you out there will take it since you're listening to the show, it's this. Improve, make yourself better, and this isn't one long episode trying to get you to take MTH. Even though I had the, uh, the 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 plug at the very beginning of this, that's not what the intention is. But I don't care if it's reading books. I don't care if it's getting healthier. I don't care if it's if it's listening to lectures by uh by past intellectuals. I don't care how you do it. But right now, more than ever, we as human beings need to tap into our unbelievable for the most part, unharnessed creativity, abilities, cognitive abilities, physical abilities. Now more than ever, we need to come together as a human race and go, okay, here's how we stay ahead of the machines. Here's how we create new arts, new things that will then feed AI in perpetuity and make the world a better place. That's the only way we can look at it you know, having the opportunity to visit a world-class manufacturing facility like I did this week in Pre- at Prefort, who makes chutes and gates, listening to the owner say, you know, this was an incredibly expensive piece of equipment. It's robotic. It is replacing. It's not getting, a, it's not, and here's the thing. He said, this machine, we did not buy this to replace welders We bought this because we can't find welders. There's not enough people doing this anymore. So we had to go find a robotic source to do it. And yes, it costs more money than we wanted to spend. The payback on it is slower than what we ever do on any of our CapEx expenditures of this nature. But they decided this was them taking their shoes out of the backpack, putting them on and outrunning the bear there was no choice. He said, the business is coming. People need our products. People need welding. And we have got to stay ahead of the game. That's how we outrun the bear. Our competitors who are not making the investment, they're going to get eaten by the AI bear. They're going to be eaten by the automatic automation bear. So my, 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 my hope and my contention for you all is to take what I say seriously in that simple little motto, improve always in all ways. I know it's kind of like a little catchy sign off or whatever, but I do mean it. Now is a time, and, and, and don't be scared by this. Don't be frightened. This is an awesome time to be alive. It is awesome. You know, because here's a guy like me who does not want to learn to code. I don't have to any longer. I can go tell, I can use voice recognition. I can use AI to go create coding for me. But here's what we have to do. You have to be kind of the general contractor uh, of, of projects. Now, a project manager right now is going to be in high demand. You need to know what tasks need to be done, and you have to be creative enough to be able to spell out, here's how the symphony should be organized. And if you can understand how the symphony should be organized, then you can go tell AI how to do it. But you've got to be someone who can look and understand what needs to happen so you can direct the AI to do it? Because here's the thing: most likely, we won't reach a point where AI is going to just start making things happen whole cloth. Because it will not have it; will never have a conscious. It will never have a soul. It will never have that. That's the. Those are the things that that humans actually have that make sense. Think about the worst atrocities in history that had happened. Throughout the course of time, AI would look at the probably the prevailing forces of the day given whatever time period and continue on in that going, well, this is what worked. This is how you best, you know, you best grow tobacco in Virginia. This is how you best uh, drill for oil and wherever. And that's where we get into this this case where, okay, things that we call quote unquote common sense measures for different things, AI would just take that and run with it irrelevant of the potential cost to humanity in the process now granted it may figure out well but there's there's a downside but what it will do is it will it's going to weigh the ups and downs here's here's a great example i don't think ai would ever have us driving around and still hum these at 10 miles per hour and here's what i mean by that so one of the things you learn in economics is that there's always a risk assessment. There's a, there's, a, there's a risk tolerance for everything we do, right? So we risk that so many cars on the road, there are going to be a number of wrecks each and every year, no matter what, based on how cars are constructed. <coughs> Excuse me. If we wanted to have a zero death rate by automobile accidents, we could decide that the only thing you could get on the road with is a Humvee and you cannot drive over 10 miles per hour. Now, if that were the case, there would probably be very, very few auto fatalities, right? Because everybody's safe. Even if you bump in at ten miles per hour, bumping into another Humvee, probably not going to crash, right? Or you're not going to wreck to kill somebody. So AI may look at that and go, "Okay, if the goal is zero deaths, deaths through automotive um, accidents, then." we must create either only three cars for every thousand individuals or something that is just so perfectly and precisely logic logical that it wouldn't be feasible in the human race. So we have to have humans to come in and decide what that risk assessment should be. And that's one of the things that Seth says, said, you got to watch for biases. If you've got one person that says, hey, look, for the betterment of society, we must have people moving around and we have to have them moving around in cars to do that. So therefore, we're going to have to have a risk tolerance of this percent of fatalities due to automobile accidents every year. And then you've got another person that's going to come along and tell the AI, hey, no, it's it's net zero. We can have zero accidents and there you're going to come to a loggerhead. So humans will still be in the mix. But what happens, you've got to have humans that understand how to give that data to AI to make it work in a way that actually functions in conjunction with the humans. So I just, I wanted to get out ahead of this. I, I, you know, I, I, okay. Like here's a good example. Like with crypto, I didn't care about crypto. I haven't really, I know the basics of it. Now what I was going to do a show a long time ago about it, but I'm like, it just doesn't, I, I can live without crypto. AI is something that I'm going to be forced to live with. Nobody's going to force crypto on me unless we do some centralized banking, digital currency, which, God, I hope that doesn't happen, but that's a, a different conversation for a different day. AI is coming. It's here. We're dealing with it. It's going to happen. You've already been using it, and, and a lot of you don't realize it. It's the, the reason why Google can finish your search without you having to type the whole thing out whenever you're looking for a new pair of shoes or something like that that's AI. It knows what you're going to do, right? That's how, um, that's how Microsoft Word or Google Docs, whenever you're typing, and it, 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 it all goes ahead and finishes the word. That's AI. So that's AI at its most simplistic form. But now it's, take, it's going to a whole nother level. And so we, it's here. We're going to have to deal with it. And so I wanted to just come on and give, on this, on this Vitruvian Notes episode, an understanding and an illustration of exactly how AI works and what is coming? So, I hope you found that useful. I hope now you have a basic understanding of AI, and it's given you and and something to talk about to tell your family. They say, "What? What's going on? Do I need to be worried about AI?" Don't be worried. Just understand it, figure it out, and find out where you are going to fall, either as just mediocre and ignoring it, or how you can become someone who uses AI. To be better. All right, that's it. Until we meet again, continue to improve. Always and always. I'm Jason and I'm out. Well, that does it for this episode of the Jason Wright Show. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Texas Titan Media Production. Fourth Wall did the music. And as always, Thank you so much for listening. Please consider going out to jasonrightnow.com and signing up for the Vitruvian Letter. Also, please go out to iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds to just leave us a five-star rating. It does wonders for the podcast. I would be so grateful. And with that, until we meet again, go crush it and endeavor to improve always in always. I'm out.